0: Candace and Ariel are not final girls.
1: Candace is second to last at best.
0: And Ariel is probably the killer.
1: This podcast is intended for fools, haters, and Wikipedia summary readers.
0: Listen on at your own risk. Welcome to our twisted mind. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not a good look.
1: go what's up everyone this is not your final girl and from the tube television this is candace (laughs) and ariel as always and we are joined today by two guests breaking news not your final girl history we're here with leslie manning the director of ghost watch and also chris la martina the director of wnuf halloween special so welcome welcome to not your final girl and thanks for coming
2: thanks for having us thank you for having me
1: so like if you are familiar with these movies that we were just beginning to discuss what the hell this subgenre of horror is called
0: (laughs) yes because the in yes the first not just having double guests but our double feature of today is the two movies that these filmmakers yes, these have two uh, brought forth into the world. So,
1: just nice. Ghostwatch from 1992 mm-hmm. and WNUF Halloween Special from
0: 2013. I guess we can talk for a second. Sometimes we have guests pick the double feature and we ask them why they picked it. Um, this one, we're reverse engineering a bit. We picked the double feature. So, I guess we can kind of say why we picked it?
1: Yes. This one, <laughs> I mean, anybody who's been like real heads will know Ariel is obsessed with found footage horror. And this one is, like, kind of like a subgenre of a subgenre because it's, like, found footage, but, like, a specific, like, live broadcast.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I'm curious what what you both, uh, Leslie and Chris, think. Uh, I don't know what to call this little subgenre. I kind of have been calling it broadcast horror or broadcast Halloween broadcast horror, if you want to get even more specific. And what I consider to be in that subgenre is... I mean even going back to radio, right? So War of the Worlds is one of the first most infamous examples. But of course Ghost Watch WNUF, but you can even say you could make the argument that Blair Witch is even though it's not a broadcast, it's it's found footage, it was around hollow it was on Halloween that it took place and it was like
1: attempting to be as real as possible, convince the audience that it was real.
0: Yeah, so there's something about it that's like not Like, that's more than found footage, more specific than found footage to me, because it has the element of something live. Um, And then also how convincing it is sort of plays into it for me as well. Um, I know WNUF was not, well, unless I'm wrong, I don't think it was particularly designed to trick people. And I do want to know actually from you, Chris, if if people were fooled by it, um, because I know that some of what you did was throw out VHS tapes and hide them in secret places and have people find them. So um, I wonder if people were alarmed when they found it. And then Leslie with Ghostwatch, it was on BBC One. So people were definitely fooled whether that was the intent or not. So that's kind of my parameters for the genre. I don't know what either of you think about broadcast horror, or if you would add to that or disagree at all. Do you want to start, Chris?
2: Yeah, sure. You know, I don't know necessarily if I've ever thought about putting a sub because for me, <laughs> found footage is already a sub genre of it horror, is, right? Yes. So putting like a sub sub, I might be like, oh man, we're going too um, deep.
3: Sorry, no, no, no. It's it's a, it's, I, dig <laughs> I dig it. I dig
2: it. I'm, I'm. As you can tell by my movies, I'm very into niche things. Yes. Uh, so, um, but no. So I would say, for me, I always just call WNF a found footage movie, but it's mm-hmm. it's making a found footage movie under the most like ass backwards possible parameters, <laughs> like. When we made the movie, we were we were initially like, oh, like we haven't made a movie, in, like we were coming up on two years, we hadn't made a horror feature, and I was like, oh, we should do a found footage thing; it'd be fun. And then we, when we finally broke what we wanted to do with it, I had this moment where I was like, oh man, this is actually going to be way more complicated than most found footage movies that are mm-hmm. like very limited locations, small cast, very very like easy to produce cheaply, right? We ended up making right. a movie that was. And I think a lot of the titles you mentioned, well, R2 movies and then um, Blair Witch, there's something in in those, in in Ghostwatch WNF and Blair Witch that not all found footage movies have, where it's like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of world building there, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And I think part of that world building is really essential to getting the audience's buy-in on the sense of reality, right? I'll speak really quickly to what you said about the idea of like, yeah, I mean, part of the marketing campaign was we released the movie on torrent sites and Mm -hmm. made VHS copies and left them at conventions and like literally threw them out the window, thrift (laughs) store shelves. Um, And we did that because as somebody who just loves Halloween, like I wanted to, I would always buy tapes at thrift stores that just said like Halloween 1991 or whatever. And like, I have weird tapes of people's home movies just because they somehow found their way to my life. Mm -hmm. But like Mm -hmm. the idea of discovering those things, that moment of discovery for me was so important because a lot of found footage movies, you know, once you buy a movie with the UPC code on it, you know it's no one's really in danger there theoretically in the sense that like this isn't really real footage right right um and I think I think WNF ultimately you know you know very quickly that it's not a real movie because there's fast forwarding and things that that you that you would essentially not exist if you found a tape but uh, but I'll say the idea of finding it it was always sort of this sense of everybody knows Santa Claus isn't real but you play along because it's fun (laughs) Yeah. Right. And that was sort of like what I was like. I mean, it's, I mean, WS a comedy. And, and ultimately, yeah. I think if you, if you, I don't know how you would think it was real more than 30 seconds into it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but at the same time, too, you suspend your disbelief because you're excited about it. So.
3: But with with Ghostwatch, we started. I mean, you know, it's thirty years old, and mm-hmm. um, and and I didn't know the word. We didn't know the words. Fan footage. Mm-hmm. We did. We did know about. We did know War of Worlds, which which did cross our you know our minds and and lips as producer, director, writer. But fan footage, we didn't know the word. And and it did. The way it came into being was really strange in the sense that it was it was a drama. It was a BBC. You know, it was one of a strand. Mm-hmm. So bc one going, they were making ninety minutes, what they perceived as you know wholesome, worthy, dramatic, you know, with even with the best talent of the UK out there films, and they were supposed to be shot on film. And when this story came along, Stephen wrote it, and we and I got involved. I said, well, there's no way we can shoot it on film. We have to do it as, as as the script is demanding, which is you know. we we broke tons of the language but it was supposed to be from a studio with five you know with live cameras it was supposed Mm -hmm. and it took us five weeks to shoot but we you know we 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 broke it down so and and shot it over five weeks and then reassembled and hoped that nobody saw all those millions of scenes so because we we shot the house first I mean and we didn't know what fan footage was I mean (laughs) I was watching I was watching and I think what what I was trying to do was just do lang- the language, which I think mm-hmm. Chris, you did really well in WNUF as well. It's like, it's, it's just be, you were completely pure to the language of what you were doing. And that's what I was, that's what I was really keen to do, which actually wasn't as easy as it sounded in the sense, it, not uh, in the sense that the perception of drama, it like, people were really way behind me they were in the sense the execs were saying what the mm-hmm. fuck are you doing
4: mm-hmm. you know yeah. like
3: why are people running all around the studio a <laughs> panic um so like <laughs> and my god there's interference i mean so, it, imagine the bbc were just like like what the hell's going on before it was made so they i think they just put their head under the pillow when it was went out I hope nobody <laughs> watched it, I but unfortunately they did
0: well <laughs> it's it, it's interesting cuz I um you saying that. I mean, when I was looking up sort of making Ghost ghostwatch, it's obvious that there was tension if you know any of the behind the scenes because because I heard things like there was a push to have a music score, right? Imagine yeah. having a music score in this. There was a push again for it to be shot on film versus video.
2: Yeah. And
0: um one of the things that i had heard from an interview with stephen volk was he mentioned you specifically getting what was on the page which was we're not being flashy we're not we're not going to show off we're just doing what it is which is a live broadcast and i think having that verisimilitude and maybe that's what maybe that's the word i'm kind of going for I think it's just was verisimilitude. is the
1: key word here. yeah
0: it's just that feeling of uh you know with Chris, Chris with your movie you are suspending your disbelief yeah you can really kind of mostly tell but that the line's really thin the line is really right. thin and you're allowed to easily suspend it and, and even
1: when you even when you do know like I mean just having the elements there that make it feel real just makes it scarier
3: mm-hmm. I think when you do the la- if you keep to the language you know once you've found your language as it were mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think then it is you do buy into it like if you if you print something on a newspaper and you present it and you you know put it on the times and you present it people think it's fact I mean now they don't Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) oh no I I mean (laughs) I mean the lines the lines are blurry that's an interesting I think about that a lot with movies like this in particular because you know there's a lot of talk of oh could ghost watch be made today this and that and and people you know oh well the thing is, now, misinformation is so rampant that, like, it's not that we are believing fictional stories to be true. We're finding fiction in our news, right? Like, there's yeah. so much right, crossover, yeah. and unfortunately, it's kind of bled into things that that it shouldn't have gone into. So. Yeah, and I mean, like... Maybe it's you... a
3: reverse story. Maybe the right. you know, the truth in... Well, actually, that's happening all the time, isn't it, in society's truth in fiction? Don't yeah, know, there's... So. and mm-hmm. I think a discovery.
1: We'll... I think we'll get into that too. Before we do, I'm going to ask you guys both mm-hmm. the question right. that we ask all of our guests. Mm-hmm. And I'll start with Leslie. What is your earliest horror memory? Like the earliest thing that really scared you?
3: In Cyprus, in an army tent, when I was three, my parents took me to the cinema that was put on for the troops. And we watched something, and I can't remember what it was, but I screamed the house down. They had to take me out. Um, <laughs> And I think it was, I think it was a Tarzan movie, I think, because the image that freaked me out was the hand disappearing into the bog, you know, and I think, I think, and I, he was probably even the baddie, but I didn't know that much. And I was demanding that my father would go down to the front of the cinema and save him.
1: Oh, (laughs) wow. I mean, you hate to even see that. You hate to see it happen to anyone. Yeah. Even a villain. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah wow that's, that's eerie bad. i love it what about you chris <laughs> okay so the first time i was truly terrified by a piece of media and this is not a horror movie so this is gonna be pretty this is cringy but yeah. um <laughs> i think it's uh i think it's superman 3 where uh so my, i'm i'm the youngest of three kids i'm an accident mm-hmm. and uh my brother was watching superman 3 and i was really little and uh there's that scene where the woman turns into a robot. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but like, like she basically just gets all like metal and her bot her like, like skin, like skin gets covered up, but it terrified the hell out of me at three years old. Like I like ran out crying. Like, I don't know what's happening to this woman, but I've never seen anything like this. And, and looking at it now, like it's still pretty creepy, but it's just like, totally over the top and goofy but if I was talking specifically horror horror stuff I'd probably say when I was a little kid I saw a promo for um like literally just like a um a tv promo for Night of the Demons and uh mm-hmm. Angela's voice really scared the hell out of me like that pitch shifted really guttural
0: voice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah we have that in Ghostwatch a little we got that pitch shifted scary oh, yeah. voice true <laughs> nice which, i i love stories about
1: body horror in like that like that feels like body horror in a movie that's like not really intended to be but like it's just really easy to tip into that
3: can i ask chris about wnux go for Absolutely. it yeah, yeah please so which i watched and really enjoyed but i was Thank like faci- i was fascinated by the adverts
2: uh-huh
3: did, did you actually make all
2: of those. So, I mean, I didn't shoot everything, but we, we made all. So those are all things that we made for the movie. But the big thing was a lot of that stuff was footage that he was from that era that I had got from filmmakers that were filming things back then. But like, but different types of stuff. Right. Like, so I'm trying to think about um, uh, like the, the Frumpkus wine cooler ad. My buddy Jeff Herberger had made this film um back in the in the early nineties actually, so it was a little bit later than it was supposed to be, but like mm-hmm. I basically just watched all this stuff that I had access to and initially in the in the in the writing and the editing process, I had just made essentially sequences of all of Uh, petting zoo footage or like all of old computer stuff and we wrote commercials based off what we had um uh, stock footage wise and then um or or previous like archival content wise so there was some of that and then some of it was like current stock footage that had been um degenerated so it looks vintage and then a handful of things we did we did shoot like the the tampon ad we shot all the political ads we shot that stuff so those things
1: (laughs) yeah i really (laughs) enjoyed it there's so much, like, an element of improv in
2: that, like, you know, just like having stuff
1: that you, you're using and you're like, well, we'll use this and come up with something. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's
2: probably something we could talk about in general. For sure. With these. Well, I, was, I was actually going to ask, um, if I could ask Leslie a question, actually. Yeah. Um, so, like, okay, how much script to screen is there? Right. Watch, right? Which like, I was like, curious like, yeah. about,
3: too. Yeah, yeah. totally. Masses. Script to screen. <laughs> okay masses but we just we played with the edges
4: Hmm.
3: we just yeah just to keep it so just to keep it real and you know because craig charles was sort of cheapy chappy he wouldn't he'd never finish on the scripted line he'd always add another line you know (laughs) so there's, and and also there were there were bits where we planned to leave script in the sense sarah green did her own story
4: Mm -hmm. so Mm
3: -hmm. that was a sort of chunk that she just free Uh I think it's well documented that, you know, Michael Parkinson, we sort of brought him back off because he wasn't an actor and learning a script it brought a completely different vibe that wasn't at all real and wasn't anything like his, his iconic style. So we had to sort of say, you know, remember, you've just got to say this, this, this and this. And trying mm. and help Jillian because she's a trained actor and she's word perfect. So,
4: <laughs> <laughs> so
3: she was always like he was around it, um, and, but she was word perfect. So that was that was a bit tricky, actually. Mm, so, that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, so we play we did play with that, but mm-hmm. it. I mean, it would be unfair to say that it was you know like Stephen wrote such good, impro type. Mm. Yeah, you know, dialogue anyway. And we were hand in glove in rehearsal. So okay. you know, we, we worked, we worked through that.
0: I, I'm i interested in that for for both of you directing, you're directing actors in, an, in a different movie, right? Because you don't have, you don't want a polished performance that you might normally get in other films, you want Something that feels off the cuff. You want something that feels like it's live and and sort of maybe people trip over their words or they're reacting in real time. So it's not going to look like it might be in a written movie. So what was it like to direct some of those actors that were, you know, maybe more used to not doing that kind of style of acting?
2: so for for WNF, I can speak to the fact that a, a decent chunk of it did get changed while we filmed. so we f- we okay. filmed about uh, this is actually the most I've ever filmed um in a short period of time. Most of the the stuff in the haunted house was um shot in two days. So We shot about like forty five pages in two days just because we did two cameras and just sort of had people going. Mm. And I was not I was not precious about the script because I was mm-hmm. like, if I was, we would be there for you know weeks. So basically we did when we did rehearsals, I did, I did this for one, to get people to stop looking at their scripts, but then also I did this so people would get used to, um, you know, the only mic, the only audio in the movies from Frank Stewart's, um, stick Mm -hmm. mic. Yeah. So like when we rehearsed, we would do a read through and they'd be like, all right, great guys. That's the scene. You know, the beats are okay. Someone prank calls the seance hotline or whatever. But what I would do is I would turn out the lights when we were doing that after the, the read through. And then I'd be like, okay, now the flashlight is the microphone so unless you have the flashlight on your face you're you're not you're not you should not be speaking or we mm. won't hear what you're saying so that was how we got them off book um but even then i mean like i uh i, I actually feel like the improv in, in my opinion makes it, like putting things in your own words as long as you're saying this the things that have to happen to further the plot i think they worked really well and there's only really a couple lines where i was very very specific about um like that's a joke right like we have to say that because it's just like a, it'll get a laugh or things like that
1: so okay, I'll I'll do I'll just do both right now. How about that? Yeah, let's summarize um, both of them. Ghost Watch, written by Stephen Vulcan, directed by Leslie Manning, our guest. A live BBC Halloween special has reporters visiting a supposed poltergeist haunting that turns out to be more real than they bargained for. And with WNUF, written and directed by Chris Lamartina, a live local TV news Halloween special has reporters visiting a supposed haunting in a murder house that <laughs> turns out to be more dangerous than they bargained for. <laughs> So if you haven't seen these movies, I mean, um, probably go watch them. But also go watch them. We're get
0: into <laughs> it's it. It's a but... perfect Halloween double feature. Like you can't get better, honestly. Yes. Yeah. So that that makes more sense. Yeah, because we're doing like a popcorn thing. So yeah. and so, a lot of there's a lot, so lot of so you know. crossover. Just so you know what's up. Um, it is
2: interesting though. I get that. Obviously, like the movies are very close, and the funny thing is i i was not i had never seen ghost watch when we made that obviously Mm -hmm. um i don't know if i i don't know if i necessarily would have finished that movie had i had seen ghost watch before i almost would have been (laughs) like oh no but i was gonna say um no one thing is we it always comes back to me like this like we always end up having i've had um people send me bootleg vhs tapes they've made in ep mode of like wf then ghost watch on the same tape oh Um, so that, that stuff comes up a lot but i was gonna say i think it's funny, like watching it though, because I actually just watched it very recently um, mm-hmm. because because I just hadn't I hadn't seen it yet, and um, man, it's they're they're super similar in, from a standpoint of <laughs> of story, but the I would tone not say, is totally, totally they're, totally, they're totally, so different, yeah. so different,
1: and like in such good ways. And I will say, yeah. I always write our summaries to like kind of mirror each other, so um, yeah. And these are these are easy to <laughs> do, but they are very different movies. Yes, yes, yeah.
0: they don't feel the same at all. Like you, if you watch them back to back, they feel very. Like, Ghostwatch yeah. is genuinely. I mean, honestly, kind of scares the shit out of me sometimes. Yeah, Um, it's a
2: scary movie. And
0: WNUF, I would say it's definitely a comedy, totally agree, but I would say that it's scary in such a different way. There's bits of it that Mm. are so unsettling. Well, and it's so, like, the satire is very dark. Like, there's just this bitter taste to the comedy, which I really like. And I mean, Mm -hmm. they both kind of deal with an interesting, through line's the wrong word, but I definitely want to talk about religion and these movies because with Chris, absolutely, there's there's a satirical uh, through line with religion. But then also in in Ghost Watch, I wouldn't say there's an o- overt really religion, but there's sort of a paranoia, like a heightened paranoia, where um, that the film is feeding on, and that I think is kind of why people had a reaction to it and bought into it and thought it was real, especially with. Pipes, the ghost, right? And sort of the backstory and the origin story of Pipes. So I I wanted to know a little about, I don't know, we want to know several things about the religion. I think we wanted to talk about the the Burgers. Okay. Oh, yeah. Are the Burgers directly based off the war? I don't know what
2: you're talking about. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> I um I always have to be careful about that one because it's a small horror ecosys- ecosystem ecosystem. Right? I, I think I think the thing that it's like the burgers for me, I mean, obviously, like um, you know, there's plenty of direct influences on them. From a standpoint of I, I'll just talk about the burgers character generally. So like mm-hmm. I I always felt like the stuff I grew up watching i wanted them to be older folks right as opposed to like how uh, other ghost hunters are presented in in most horror movies like right? most most horror movies now it's like it's like a young cool guy with like a video camera talking about you right. know ectoplasm or evps or whatever or even the conjuring
0: um, has the young and hot like yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is hot. so, yeah, yeah, so funny like yeah. the, the agreed disparity
2: but it's like, it's that, but it's also like, in my head, I was like, I wanted to have a little fun with them and make them. Like, I always joke that like WNF was um, like if Christopher Guest made a found footage movie,
0: right? Okay, so like, totally. a, like a
2: very sort of like weird, like <laughs> like uh, best in show meets, you know, uh-huh. know uh, The Haunting. Um, but like, basically, uh, the thing I always imagine with the burgers was that they're really just like just super weird. And like, um, like maybe they're swingers, right? Like the kind of people that would have a key party at their house. And like, when I had that as their characters, I was like, now I'm gonna have some fun with them. And I don't think the some of the folks are based on, I don't think they were like that. I hope, well, maybe I don't care if they were, but yeah. <laughs> but I was gonna say the religion part of it. I mean, I don't know, for me, I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. But I would just say like, I like coming back to the fact that that the the biggest monster is humans, right? You know, like that's mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing for 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 me to take away, especially from a Halloween movie. Like I think the quintessential Halloween story is um Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and mm-hmm. I love it because it represents the fact that we put these very fake fears on very real fears,
0: which I feel I feel like that's Ghost Watch as well, um with again, like pipes and how If you're scared and you react in a certain way, I mean the ghost is very real in in Ghost Watch, but the way people react,
1: he was a person who lived in the world, and that's like it it emanates from like the energy of his life, kind of. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's really supernatural, but I mean real as I mean like the fear that the characters feel and the fear that like is supposed to be spread through the broadcast and happens in the story, but also happens in real life, because people were afraid after Ghost Watch aired or while it aired in real life. Like that's kind of almost the enemy there, right? Like when we react in fear and we freak out, like that's kind of that is scary. That's that's scary when it bleeds into real life and people behave accordingly. Yeah,
1: yeah were you Leslie, were you thinking about kind of like the tension between like, I guess like belief and like disbelief in the supernatural in terms of like where the horror came from?
3: I don't think that was my, my my thought process. I think I think to to be truthful to what to where I was going mm-hmm. was that when I watched ghost stories or horror stories or thrillers stories mm-hmm. at that time in my life, I was always totally in love with whatever movie I was watching until I saw until mm-hmm. I saw the ghost or the thing.
4: Mm -hmm. or the
3: whatever because then I would then sit back and think "Mm, that's quite interesting design or oh the cgi is not that cool or you know Mm -hmm. so as soon as you see it it's gone and I do really believe that fear is all about the unknown Mm -hmm. and and the black hole that, that you create yourselves for yourselves and so that was that was slightly my guiding light through it and that's why you know you only glimpse hypes all the way through it yeah Um, because the makeup job was like you know brilliant she was Mm -hmm. brilliant the makeup artist um Mm -hmm. but it's just too much once you've seen it you go oh okay that's what it is so it's much it's you know you just it's so much better if you don't see if you don't see stuff for me it's so much more scary when I when I don't quite can't can't grasp it that's yeah. yeah that's that's where i'm going so but the spiritual religious thing i mean god if you put anything out on halloween you're you're done for aren't you <laughs> because it's so wrapped up with you know it's so wrapped up with other people's uh well things that i don't quite understand actually other people's religious take on on stuff
1: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah
3: that didn't answer your question,
0: did it, really? Well, my question wasn't really a question. It was just sort of a, a yeah, thought that I can't really, <laughs> <laughs> that I can't quite articulate. No, it was helpful. And I think I I love that in Ghost Watch, where even when you think you see it, I mean, there's a moment where the cameraman himself is panning and then quick goes back to it and it's not there. And so it's just, it's refusing. It's refusing your gaze. It's it refusing also, the gaze of the audience, which well, I love.
1: What really freaks me out about it is just that you never see inside that door. Like it yes. opens a little bit at one point and you like almost see inside. The little crawl space, yeah, scary, scary area.
0: Oh, ooh, I love that. Yes, yeah. you're right. The unknown and kind of like really hyping that, I guess, adds to but the scare. Also, but yeah, also like the,
1: the like larger kind of like overarching where like they, they show this on TV and then all of a sudden. People's clocks are stopping, and their animals are freaking out. Like the haunting has like spread and infected other people. That's so scary, <laughs> and the fact that it's just kind of starting to come in, and then like the lights start exploding. <laughs> and yes, stuff, like well, terrifying.
0: And I heard and okay, when I some of the stuff that I hear about Ghost Watch and the making of and everything, it's literally sounds like legend or myth. Like I don't even sometimes believe some of it because it sounds exactly like some of the hysteria around War of the Worlds. But was is it true that someone wanted to do a high pitched sound that that human ears couldn't perceive in the in the movie that would that animals would react to because I heard yeah. that. Okay.
3: No, no no, it's absolutely true. Okay, so, amazing. Yeah, so Stephen amazing. wrote it in and okay. said that there was a high pitched uh that that was making every, you know dogs bark at, and that was part of the phonings so my dogs go mad. And oh, and then and he wanted me to put we wanted me to put a high pitch through the TV. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I looked into it, but of course, it everything's capped, you know, mm. like yeah, you know, right, light, yeah. sound, and everything going through TV. Yeah, there's always a there's always a limiter. Yeah. So uh, laws, <laughs> whatever. You yeah, would yeah.
0: almost have to have vans going through the street with that sound when the broadcast <laughs> happened. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get very immersive about it. Yeah
3: so we couldn't do it anyway but yeah. i mean a, 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 an exec did pass me in the corridor and say what's all this about a hype <laughs> <laughs> yeah
4: uh,
0: well and uh, i i heard that you were a big um you did a lot of cool tech stuff with the filming of this like you were always you were kind of looking at cutting edge of, of what was going on what you could actually do in the filming
3: yeah i mean uh, that was coupled with the fact that the the BBC, for you know, the for all its uh, you know knocking that it gets, it it, it, it it has some huge brains, or it did have some huge brains attached to it, and especially technical brains. And they mm-hmm. they actually worked in the cellar, and they were designing, you know, designing cameras. They, you know, that they they'd be employed to design for research and development. Mm-hmm. And they were designing software, and they they designed the page peel for Top of the Pops, which you've probably never heard of, but it was like a state of an yeah. art of the art music thing that went out every week and always used all the gimmicks. And they were designing it for for this music pop show, and uh, and I nabbed it from them from the boffins, and they said <laughs> we could use it. But you know, but we went out a bit later, so we didn't get there first. But we mm-hmm. did. We used all those those tricks. So yeah, so I was really and also interesting. Well, I think it was quite interesting that the Gulf War was on and they started using heat-seeking cameras. And so we used that. They said, mm-hmm. "Can you know?" I said, "Well, can I use one?" Because they they just brought them out for the doc for the documentary, factual, and you know, for the guys who were out there on the front line. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we used we used that. So yeah, I was up for anything. I mean, yeah. I, I was totally up for anything. I really, really wanted it to be on the money for its time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm sure it's 30 years on, it's dated, but for for where it was, like pixelation was a brand new thing. And one of the Vox Pops, so I I work with real Vox Pops. So I interviewed people who had real. Ghost stories. Um, yeah, real, well, real, real experiences. And all of those people had real experiences, which in itself was quite humbling, actually. They were quite, they found it difficult to share but once they Hmm. realized that you actually believed them they were really cool about it Mm -hmm. um one of them didn't want to be seen so then we pixelated his face so that sort of thing went on and on yeah wow that
1: was
0: real Yeah. yeah that's cool that is really cool
2: was there anything leslie i'm just curious like Obviously, like presenting that stuff as real, even though there's like, you know, like a little credit and, and the end credits, like, was there anything that you're concerned about? Like, oh, maybe like we shouldn't go that far here. Or is there anything you cut out based off thinking like that might be a bridge too far? Uh, Probably, but I. Okay, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was stuff that we we reworked in, in the edit, which. I mean, I, the only thing I would cut out was stuff that I didn't think worked, that okay. I didn't think, you know, worked. Mm-hmm.
2: But not, but nothing from a standpoint of like like oh man people are gonna think it's real or do you feel like mm, people will know this is like produced like what like like how how what was your what was your expectation or of of the audience reaction as you were making it but but rat, like before it aired I should say
3: well this is the thing like when you make you know I'd made some te- television films before the thing about television is you sit at home you can't even be bothered to watch it all because you've seen it a million times in yeah. the edit. And then it, the credits go up, and you you know you maybe your mum phones, and you go and make a cup of tea, and uh, <laughs> like you you just don't get a handle on what's going on. At yes, all. Yeah. so so you don't you you have no sense if there's going to be a, a group reaction or a you know like it you know it's like hugely popular or unpopular. I I just had no idea, and also I don't know if you find this, Chris, as well, but you know you get so. Buried in what you're doing, you become more and more into the minutiae as you polish it. You know what I mean. Yeah. You just go on and on and on down in the the rabbit hole. Yeah. So what? When you're finished, it's like well, you, if anybody watches it, it's a bonus. You know, if, if someone said, "Oh, that was quite good," you think, "Oh, geez, that's good." So <laughs> so that's the that's the mentality I was when the when it went out. Yeah. And I we didn't actually. I mean. Collectively, when I say collectively, me, Stephen, and Ruth, mm-hmm. producer, writer, and me, like, we we sort of thought we people would believe for ten minutes and then they get get on with the drama. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they, I think, I mean, the response we got was all over the show. You know, people were saying it was rubbish, it was brilliant, it was obviously not real, it was obviously real, it was obviously not real until. The police arrived. Then it was real. It's obviously not. Oh my this. gosh! You know, they just went on and on. I mean, it yeah. was like a, it was like a car crash. Huh. Actually, <laughs> I mean, nobody knew what to think at all. Well, wow. The tab- tabloids didn't know what to do. Yeah, it's trash, string them up, go. You know, burn Ruth and Leslie witches. Oh
0: no! Well, <laughs> I was I was thinking about that in regards to just. You know, video nasties, and how recent it was in the UK. Right, that was just, you know, not even a decade beforehand. So, uh, people had the shorthand for something that they saw in art, whether it was, you know, or it's, on this, TV. This, anyway, like morally unacceptable. That was unacceptable,
1: unacceptable it's like too, too like
0: upsetting, upsetting or yeah. too, yeah, morally wrong. Right, like mm-hmm. so. It's it's interesting to think. I didn't know that that they had such a strong reaction to the to you in particular to yeah that's oh that's interesting
2: in the immediacy of that like did you get offered more horror stuff or were you like i want to hear more about that like mm. w- w- what happened like that seems crazy well, to me. uh
3: what happened well i mean, you pulled like,
2: off an incredible thing that's what i'm saying like i yeah. feel like that would lead to like massive like, i don't know
3: I think maybe in America, but not in the
2: UK.
3: <laughs> the <BBC. laughs> okay,
2: I mean, fair that, enough. Yeah, you, yeah.
3: You, and maybe now, but not. But then yeah, it was okay. like, well. The BBC yeah. didn't know what what hit them. They didn't know what it was before it went out. They and okay. they didn't really understand why why people. You know, they didn't quite quite. It, it's they were very confused. Yeah.
1: Is it okay. true that it's never aired again on BBC yeah, yeah, since right. that? Wow. Um,
0: so I clearly made such an impression that I could never be shown <laughs> the film that must not be spoken of, right? It's just.
3: But Stephen and I are doing another. We're doing oh, another thing. Are you? Oh, so, yeah, we're yeah we're, gonna, we're 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 working on something now, and I've got That's a little awesome. horror coming <gasps> Interesting. through. So, oh,
0: okay. yeah, thrilled! Wow. So oh. we shall see. Still Very looking cool. for the
3: for the money, but yeah. But we we did we went on to do a there was a ghost story series afterwards that steve and i both worked on so that okay
1: we did yeah so chris i wanted to ask we talked to leslie a little bit about like the kind of the like little elements that build up to ghostwatch being really scary what kind of stuff does what kind of like little subtle stuff scares you like where did you like
2: focus Within the movie or my own life, <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: honestly,
2: either both. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's see. Um. Well, it's it's funny. So, like, okay, m- making W F. Like, we're making a haunted house movie, right? So, like, I knew what certain things had to happen. Like, just because in a haunted house movie, like, just there's just certain tropes that have to exist. And I think I was trying to figure out what beats also made the most sense from a standpoint of. I mean, even though the first half hour of WNUF is a news broadcast, right? Like, literally just anchors doing news packages. Um, it does form, like, a traditional three-act structure. Like, once they get into the Weber house, you know, that's that's act two. They're in the belly of the beast and all that stuff. So um, I think the certain things that we, we knew we wanted to have, uh, without spoiling anything, we wanted to have a, a big midpoint that sort of sets the fact that this these ghosts aren't just, you know, rattling chains and making spooky noises. Like, it's literally, like, we, they're going to cause violence to someone, right? Mm. Um, so, so that's what, um, speaking of, speaking of rattling chains, that's my cat j- jingling her collar. I'm cute, I'm cute. Is that the infamous,
0: uh, devil cat? The devil yeah, cat? Yeah, the devil of- cat of
2: Davenport, <laughs> Iowa, that's correct. Wonderful, um, love it. No, but I was going to say, like, um, so basically I, uh, th- those, those certain cues there were, they were designed in such a way where, like. A lot of times I read reviews of the movie um, where they're like, oh, I really wish that it ended up being super paranormal at the end. Right. And I'm like, I don't I, like that's that's if I had done that, it just wouldn't have made sense with those with what strategic things we did as as mm-hmm. scares. But I think totally that's also the dance, too. Right. Cause cause like horror movies as someone who grew up um, watching a lot of like I, I just devour horror movies. I mean, you can see my background. I have a whole shrine to Freddy Krueger, but like I horror movies aren't necessarily scary to me, or that's not what I seek out in horror movies. I really like fun horror movies. I like mm-hmm. that sort of like that magic trick approach to like having cool effect sequences, um, or just really just being more of like a roller coaster. Um, just having really great characters, putting them in crazy situations, and ultimately they hopefully triumph over some sort of, you know, uh, you know, awful evil of some sort in evil in quotation marks. Um, but what I'll say is um uh that's what I tried to do with them the scares though were basically like figuring out okay what is if it's not ghosts who is some something who is something in that world that feels like a a true um for force of of you know inhumanity essentially or or um Mm -hmm. or just or I don't I I don't like using the term evil because that's goofy but um but I, I will say um no I don't know in my own life I mean I don't know what scares me um I don't know, like, right-wing folks, um, healthcare costs, things like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <you> know, so
1: <laughs> I mean, that's, like, that's that's obviously reflected in WNUF, because, yeah. like, yeah. there's so... And especially, I mean, um, we, like, haven't gotten into... We haven't gotten into the second movie. Like, mm. we, we haven't gotten into, like, the sequel at all, but... W- um, oh, yes. But, like, you can see, like, tape, even yeah. more so, like, how much, um, you know, there's, like, kind of changing times reflected in, like, you know life kind of going in like scary directions just in general for everyone like i yeah. mean in, mm-hmm. um you can see in the ads and also i think kind of in maybe in at least one of the news stories where they're talking about um like environmental issues mm-hmm. and yeah. you know you can kind of see where like they're starting to be an awareness of that and of course you're watching it in now or yeah you know, at least like in the last like 10 years or it's like okay n- like obviously like now we're very scared of climate yes. change and um yes yeah and it was uh so, yeah, like, kind of, like, real life, just, like... Also, I will say, um, ghosts scare me. I don't really believe in ghosts, but I am scared of them still. Mm-hmm. Right-wing religious people scare me at least as much. <laughs> yeah, So, like, lots of, like, scary... Lots of, like, good sources of horror.
2: No, but I think it's really much as you brought up the idea of, like, with these movies, like... W- WF, like, I knew if I was going to make a period piece, I wanted to, like, accept the fact that I could make commentary three days to th- decades later about things that were going on in the 1980s. Um, and I think I think as we made WNF, I mean, WNF is the fastest movie I've ever produced, right? Script to screen mm-hmm. nine months. And um and and I, I was so in love with the idea of making things like shooting on old VHS cameras and like and doing this, like just like sort of like this really DIY approach to it. I don't think I realized how much fun we could have with some of the connecting and the world building, especially with advertising. Like mm-hmm. I think I did a, a decent chunk of that. But in the in the in the sequel, because it's the 90s and because I realized that it's it's a lot more political but not in like it I guess it's not like you know hitting you over the head hopefully but it's like there's the subtle things that we're doing there that like you know I've been joking that if if WNUF is about how we how we can um consume the media in the 1980s I say you know in the, in the sequel it's how the media started to consume us in the 1990s <sighs> yeah
4: so,
1: totally I can see that even in sure. the fact that like the uh, the channel has like has had like a corporate merger yes. like in between yeah. like now it's like ace twenty eight. Yep. Yeah.
2: And that's what happened. I mean like all the channels that I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. So WNF is um is basically my nod to our local station WNUV. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, they had like I used to go home from school and watch uh, Commander 54 Space Corps, which was like a like an old one of their um there's new news anchors did like a space theme themed show and he had like puppets of alien. It was great. It was awesome. <laughs> and um but they they ended up getting bought by um well they were bought by UPN I think UPN became CW but like that transition was that was the weekend like like the weekend or that was the year when commander 54 went away, you know, mm, or like yeah. that, or that was the year when like, they did not give a shit about local coverage anymore. No. Like, no, you're going to get, you know, um, daddy's going to come and basically like give you the stuff you're going to put on air. So that was, that was, and it was sad because ultimately I think one of the biggest problems, um, with society or not society, I should say that, that high in the sky, but with, with media right now, there's two things that are problems well no there's many fucking problems <laughs> just uh, but there's yeah just, let's keep it to two uh, but but the one thing i would say is like people aren't informed about local issues because local media isn't right. as much right mm-hmm. and then the other thing i would say is um i joked if i were to make a third w movie the last grasp maybe might be like 2004 ish because after that everyone's news is coming from such a like algorithms decide what we see now right mm-hmm. and i think that's really important the idea of a collective consciousness i mean i think that's one of the strengths of of ghost watch like mm-hmm. so many people saw that in real time and they were like you know like you could have been with you could have been watching that with your friend been like are you watching this shit you know like and, but like that doesn't exist as much now because okay we all binge shows at different times like mm-hmm. we don't have that shared experience as much
1: and that it yeah like it, it like becomes like the medium in some way too or like uh, like yeah, yeah like we were talking about you know the terror spreading at the end of ghost watch within right. the movie but it's also yeah it's just like literally live it so is people happening people <laughs> are watching this live yeah. and it's like even if you know i mean even watching it in the year 2022 like the end is scary it's um like and it's like bleak and and like uh, unsettling where like you know you're in the dark studio at the end yeah. with, with with dude being so still kind of unflappable being like completely dark don't know what's going on
0: yes (laughs) he's still narrating what's going on
2: (laughs) I I love that though like because that's one of the things that like the idea of like him having to talk to fill that that dead air silence he's he's like he
1: is a pro yes and like
2: we we ran into the same thing when we had um Paul Ferenkopf who played Frank Stewart um I kept being like Paul you can't not say anything like you have to fucking talk about I don't give a shit if you talk about the color of the walls.
0: Right, right. So oh, do
2: not shut up. Like you're, you're guiding people through. So,
0: yeah, that instinct to narrate, like, till you may or may not die. <laughs> like, <I guess. laughs> um, yeah, rough. Well, and thinking about, like, I mean, uh, you know, Chris, you're talking about like people wanting to or saying, "Oh, I wish it would have really been supernatural." I love it's sort of. In a similar way that Ghostwatch plays with you and your expectations when you're like, just show me the ghost. But I think, Leslie, you're right that it is not as scary if you fully show it um, full on. But in the same way with WNUF, you are drawing people in and you're saying, look, 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 it could be real. You want to believe it. And then you're saying, nope. There's something yeah. else darker, and it's it's the real it's the real world, and that well, is th- frustrating for people. <laughs> yeah. But I like it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, I love. Well, what you just said—that's it, frustrating for people. It's like, yeah, that's because they watch they watch horror movies to get away from the world, Escapism, real world. Escapism, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now well, well, you're making me feel bad.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you what you did walking the line on that, though. I think it's really good. That it, mm-hmm. because as soon as you tip over, as me as a viewer, I go, okay, so that's it's like that. Mm, Whereas yeah. if you keep me walking that line, I'll go, oh, that's really, you know, I'm really
2: yeah
3: pulled in, really scared.
2: That's good. Well, I, I also think it's interesting, too. Both movies really play with the perception of reality from a very meta standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Ghost Watch is, like, if made phenomenally well. But at the same time, too, people are watching it going, is this real? Is this, is this not real? Whereas in, like, WNF, it's like, people are like, okay, I'm watching a movie. I know I'm watching a movie, right? But was this from it, 1987 or 2013? And, like, that mm-hmm. that dance is, like that already puts every viewer in a situation where they're sort of game to be uncomfortable a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really special.
1: Totally.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love that about horror. We talk about this a lot because I mean, I think people watch for escapism, but there's something about horror that I think, unlike something like fantasy, for instance, which might also be escapism, uh, I a little bit want to be uncomfortable. I want to be challenged. I I kind of want to be fucked up sometimes when I watch a horror movie. I almost always do. That's and cool. and so both of these are doing Thank something you. where they're kind of poking you. They're just tapping you on the shoulder a little bit, and you're like, oh, stop! Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, um, like Ghost Watch
1: also has a moment that kind of jukes you, where like you see, like they catch the the girl, you know, yes. making the noise. True, and like you know from what you've seen, like you've already like I think you've seen pipes like at least a couple times at this point, like like, fleetingly. So it's like no, but I think something is there. But also, this is real. Like like this did happen, Mm -hmm. and yeah, it it, like just kind of keeps you, keeps you guessing, keeps you not knowing exactly what's happening.
3: That's classic Stephen Falk where, you know, you go down the line and then he goes, oh, yeah, it is all fake. And then, no, it isn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: I'd love to ask Chris. I mean, this might not be what you want to hit. Well, I don't know. might be off-piste a bit. But the fact that you, you produce direct and write, I mean, you do th- this whole thing, which I have huge admiration for. How do you – how do you – do that (laughs) I mean where do you start and where do you begin I mean do you go do you find some money and just go right now I'm going to make this film this last film script that I've written
2: sure well I I should say um I'll I'll go to my process in a second but I should say for WF so I co-wrote it um and a couple different people helped with some of the commercials um Mm -hmm. I I directed the majority of it there were guest directors for I want to say like four or five of the commercials um but yeah so so my process is well I guess I I should tee it up this way uh this is not what I do for a living Right, so like I um for for most of my adult life I've worked either as a producer director for like like you know like um, uh either at an ad agency or um internally at like a like a, I work at a big old corporation right now and I'm like a, a creative content manager. So, but what I'll say is I get this sort of idea that I want to make and I try to figure out how to do that on a budget. I mean, W F is shot for fifteen hundred dollars like literally nothing right <laughs> so like it's one of those situations where everything was beg borrow steal um uh, but there's no timeline so even though we did it in nine months that was when i was a little bit um i mean that was i was i think i was 27 when we made that and i was just like as a single dude living in a basement so i just like woke up would edit, edit a commercial i think i've edited about four commercials a day back then i come into my lunch break because i walked to work co- edit till i fell asleep you know next day rinse repeat <laughs> but like now i have to find movies because now i'm like married i've got a i've got a adorable cat around here somewhere and a mortgage (laughs) and like i feel like now i only make movies when i want to make them Mm -hmm. and you know the sequel took me five years this time Mm -hmm. and um and we raised the money um for through um gofundme we raised the money as, as a crowdsource campaign but ultimately like I just figure out projects that I can, that I'm passionate about that I don't mind making over the course of years, but then also projects that I can work into my life. Like I can't take um, a couple years back. I like took off like two years of vacation, essentially uh, so 30 days uh, to make a movie we made called Call Girl of Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a fun experience, but the days of me taking off a month straight to make a movie are long gone. And and, and that's the other thing I'll say too. That's why I was curious about you talking about what what you had been offered after Ghostwatch because after WF, I had a handful of offers for movies, you know, where the budget would have been like a hundred grand, right? And every time that happened, I'd be like, well, I'm not gonna quit my day job because that's like my portion as a director of a hundred grand is bullshit. It's like, it's like a ten grand maybe if I'm lucky. So but that I kept getting offered that stuff and it was just one of the situations where it's like, I didn't see the financial benefit of making movies, and and I also saw what kept getting offered to me were things that like you know what could you make in one location right or what could you make with five actors and as a storyteller that's um, even though I do want to make a bottle movie one day I, I just don't see the point in it I like I want to make big stupid things and um, if that means doing them by myself and with my friends I'm cool with that I mean I you know grew up playing in punk rock bands and stuff and it's like doing things cheap is is more fun anyway a lot of time yeah. But, but that's my I mean, my, my my process is figuring out how to do uh, how to do it, even though it might not be perfect.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think that's great.
2: I appreciate it. It's, a, it's a lot to hear come from you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I think it's great. I mean, I've done I've done the I've done the 15,000 pound film as well. Yeah. And the 5,000 pound film as well. I mean, yeah. they're ma- massive fashion projects, you know, and, they, yeah. and they're so special when you come away and the whole cruise like a family. and. <laughs> You're never going 100%. to be parted. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> I, but, never, but then people sort of, then you, it's really, really difficult to get them seen, for me anyway.
2: Um, oh, I agree completely. I mean, the mm-hmm. thing that's crazy for me with W F is I, when I made WNUF, I seriously was like, no one's going to fucking like this. <laughs> like, this is an 80-some minute movie where 25 minutes are commercial, right? Who the fuck would like this? But I was really excited about it because my whole thing was like, I love editing footage together into something new like so having these stock footage clips being like oh i got these close ups of popcorn okay we'll make mm-hmm. this weird sexy popcorn ad like all <laughs> these goofy things like and 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 i was sort of frustrated because when i was at this ad agency like um they would never let me do the ads i want to do right mm. so like you basically write the things like okay i'm going to make an, a a campaign uh, a commercial where like a soda bottle explodes You're like you know it's just like no one would let me do that so um but we did that but i was i was getting to a point um about this but like I didn't expect W F to people to care about it because I thought we were just gonna make this weird movie. And, and I think it's, you know, not always, but sometimes the movies really do find who they're for. Mm-hmm. And uh, it might not be immediate, but I feel like over time and uh, something that's that's like worthy of catching on will find its audience. And um, I mean, I think that's what's happened with both, both our movies. I mean, it never aired on BBC again, but I mean, dude, I hear people talk about it every October now. If it's not a legend. Time. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: It's too cool for BBC.
4: <laughs> I can't
1: handle it. Speaking Again, of punk rock, sure. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's really great when I watched when I watched your film. What you do get a sense. What I loved about it was that you really get a sense of your DNA somehow.
4: I, just, I was going to ask I, how much of
1: this stuff is like personal nostalgia for you because we hmm. were watching. Oh, I mean, the second one, definitely, like, I mean, I was born in 1990. So, like, the second Same. one, like, really resonates, like, a lot of yeah. ads. in ads. Like, I'm like, oh, I remember way. this. I'm
0: like, this is almost, probably, almost exactly an ad that I saw as a kid. Like, it's a little scary, the second one, to me. That's that's a little bit of a horror <laughs> element. <laughs>
2: yeah. Here's what I'll tell you about those two of So, I, I'm uh, 37. I was born in 85. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, the 80s, for me, was really felt more, like, almost, like, me, like, more of, like, an anthropologist in the sense that, like, so, like I said, I was the youngest of three kids, and my, my godmother i mean her whole upstairs of, of where she lives is just vhs tapes like she used to tape all these shows and that's how i used to watch a lot of stuff when i was a kid like oh cool she taped taped monster squad and i'll never forget because monster squad had this um this episode of a show in baltimore he had called um evening magazine and they did this whole story about war of the worlds and it was all like the the, the anchors are talking to kids in halloween costumes about what they're doing the night and all that stuff and it was really cool but that being said the '80s was through the lens of what I saw on media, like taped, it archivally. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like when I did the '90s for the sequel, it was firsthand, right? I mean, like the the Ivy Sparks stuff in in the sequel. Um, and if for folks who haven't seen it, I, I apologize. Um, you can get a copy wf.bigcartel.com. We're selling it directly because I want to be a, uh, I want to cut out the middleman for as long yeah, as possible. That's right. <laughs> but the Ivy Sparks, the the talk show host, um, in the movie is clearly like. You know, I I've had people be like, well, how do you go from like the kid at, kid the kid show right to like this like tablet talk show? And I was like, dude, that's how it was. Like literally, as soon as afternoon mm-hmm. cartoons finished, you watched an episode of Jerry Springer or Ricky Lake, and it was so exploitative, and it was probably most kids' introductions to. You know, sex, drugs, violence, like those movies, the, the, the shows are insane. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm going down a road here. But no, personal nostalgia. <laughs> I mean, it's all it's all personal nostalgia for both of those, because it, it it and I think the DNA thing is very accurate. I mean, I love Halloween. It's 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 like my special time. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's like it's so important in my life and it's so important to, to, to what I got excited about growing up. But yeah, I don't know. There's something about making things that are fake archival stuff nostalgic wise that that like that makes them somehow um connects with people at a level that necessarily if I made WNUF take place in 2022 it wouldn't it wouldn't work you know mm-hmm. I mean obviously but yeah
0: yeah it would just be scrolling through a news feed I think
2: yeah <laughs> Well, and that's, that's the joke, right? I mean, like, yeah, like that's like, um, some, you know, we've I, mean, I have an idea for the third one already, but I don't know if I have the love of or nostalgia for 2004, you know? I so. Okay, you <laughs> pitched
0: that. So when I saw the sequel, I, it was at Midsummer Scream. So I stayed yeah, yeah, for the yeah. Q&A afterwards with you and, um, you, I don't even remember. I just remember my feeling of like horniness for this third movie that may or may not ever be made. <laughs> Because you pitched it as like a post 9-11 and it's, yeah. that's, that is, I mean, yeah, I don't know who has the love for 2004, who among us, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, yeah. hate for 2004. But it's such a mean, so Candace and I have talked about this before and we haven't done an episode on it yet, but there's like, it's such a mean time in media post 9-11. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were kind of talking about like, you can see really like the amount of like, I mean, not like,
1: like uninformed and like often like kind of, um, I don't know, like, like, misinformed, I guess, like, um, curiosity of the 90s. Mm -hmm. Um, We're like, yeah, you can see like, kind of as they're talking about like, especially like the segment where, this woman is, like, supposedly having, like, an affair with this ghost. <laughs>
4: and,
2: like, yeah, and, like, her, her, this, and her lesbian like, love affair. It's, like, very, it's, like, it's, like, kind of progressive, but not really. Yeah, like, use the
1: Ouija board, and it's, like, menage a trois. And I'm, like, <laughs> wow, this is something that, like, I would really have happened
0: And to, I'm, like, like this like. is so 90s because it's it's only, it's it's queerness that is only encased in
1: yeah. something and hetero. It's, like, and it's something <laughs> that, like, but that... Whole like that whole like idea, while like it might have been like more mainstream, like like that concept in like the early 2000s would have been like specifically, I think, meaner, like kind of mm-hmm. more like directly like cruel. Um, there would yeah. be no
0: mean, there'd be no be nice, there'd be no, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, Sparks no, would be slapping people the across the face,
2: is what would and happen I think, um. And I think the, the sort of undercurrent of Ivy's character is like, it's sort of like Bill Clinton from a standpoint of like political, political, like, like, like that pendulum swing. Right. So like Bill Clinton's progressive, but only after fucking 12 dark years of, of Reagan Bush. Right. You know? So it's like, right. it's like, um, but at the same time too, like, man, I'm talking politics and like this hard movie podcast. I love it. <laughs> but like, um, but no, but I was going to say like Ivy sparks, you know, Melissa, um who plays Ivy, my wife, um, mm-hmm. she, she had a very astute uh, point. She was saying like, um, like, I think she got the thematic undercurrent more than I did as the director. <laughs> um, what she was saying was like, well, Ivy's catchphrase is be nice. Her catchphrase is not be kind. It's that shallow mm. 90s niceness, you know, yes. like yeah. you, treat people, you, you don't you don't treat people with respect. You fucking tolerate them. Right. And that's not necessary. But anyway, but I was going to say, no, if I did the 2004 one, um, I mean, you're really looking at the, the Bush administration and you're looking about the rise of Fox News, which ultimately leads to the the crazy stuff with Trump now. And um, it's uh, it's it's the idea of like, that's the moment when I think Mar- America started to get partisan beyond repair, um, mm-hmm. but just the start of it. And I really think, it, I mean, I made the joke about calling the movie Celebrity Exorcism because it's really, there's two things. One, it would be a co- competition show. Uh, so, so very much like just like people at their fucking throats. And then what I would do ultimately is, <laughs> it's about demonization right uh mm-hmm. it's literally about human beings treating like they're each other like they're evil mm. so i don't know if i'll make it i mean like honestly like i um this took five years yeah uh, i uh i would i i mean I'm, i probably wouldn't make it for another six or eight years or so but like uh-huh. um i, I kind of want to do other stuff yeah right. that's <laughs> fair that's totally fair. and when i say other stuff i think i mean enjoy my life no i'm just uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: yeah life is a
0: project of its own <laughs> Yeah, but you know, just to put that out there into the world for our listeners yeah, no. to consider.
4: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no, I love the I love the specific like sensibilities of both of these movies, and that like WNUF does feel very American broadcast to me. Ghostwatch feels very, um, and I'm American, so what do I know? Leslie, tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels very like just British broadcast. Like it's it's it literally feels, on. It BBC feels one. very like
1: dry, like
0: um, like, including I mean, <laughs> like I mean, just like played very straight and
1: um, yes. Yes. Like,
3: yeah 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 it is yeah. it is very dry it's very like, dry. i don't think no
1: one like screams really like no, no nothing screams, like yes. no one really like every even when very scary things are happening they're kind of like oh it's the keep calm carry <laughs> yeah. on mentality yeah yes. totally
2: but i also yeah. think that's great too because it has yes. that slow burn vibe that's because to, like yeah. i mean because like i just think it's so interesting like you let it get going at such a uh, like a, a slower pace that when the stick scares do come in it's like like you're not expecting those to go boom 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 you know so like it's 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 really yeah it's awesome
0: and you're really in it like some of the you know some, a, a very common critique of many horror films is why didn't they leave why didn't they do this what is mm. but you're you, you know in ghost the temperature's turning up so slowly the water's boiling by the time you could have got out you know yeah. it's too late yeah.
3: i think it is very i mean i think it probably is very british i really did try and make it a oh, you know, reflecting the TV at the time, so mm-hmm. I think that's that's true. And a was very British. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe the. I mean, he's. I don't know if he's. I don't know who's travelled across the water, but you know, Parkinson was this ultimate interviewer who was kindly. Uh, there were some who were getting a bit vicious, hmm. but he was very kindly and would listen to people. It was he was very unusual in that in that way. So. You know, we, we, we brought, we hoped that he brought that, even though he's, uh, and what he did bring, of course, was he didn't believe half of it, which really helped. You know, he was always like,
1: Yeah, he's spending the whole time kind of like, kind of like humoring it, like in a, like, "Mm."
0: But it was really kind. I think that definitely did come across and it made it, it made a fun. Tension might be the wrong word, but between the two leads in the studio, yes. because you know she gets a little exacerbated with him at times, right? Um, and particularly when they bring in the guy from New York, um, who I, I don't know if this was. Um, I love this
1: segment. I don't
0: know if that was this was intentionally humorous, but I loved that he had an image of New York, uh, like a New York skyline. <laughs> <laughs> i was was ex- was, i
1: loved it that was
3: exactly how they used to do it like they used
4: to <laughs> yeah.
2: have a photo of
3: wherever they were
2: yes. you know, how else would we them. know yeah i
3: love it so much <laughs> it was exactly how it was we yes. were building in the lag because you know like they yes used to, mm-hmm. they used to have seconds between question yeah. and answer
0: well and yeah. how leslie like the the level of planning that it must have did were those when they were watching it on the screen you said you filmed the house first So you must have had to time what was happening when you filmed the studio stuff. Oh, my God.
3: Yeah, that's where Parky actually excelled. You know, you're talking about this professional thing that they have where they just talk all the time and they comment. He was really, we used to, we had a rhythm of shooting Mm
4: -hmm.
3: where we had our house package with our blanks, really. You Mm -hmm. know, that was Sarah Green was talking, saying, what do you think? You know, and we just timed the blanks. And then we in when we were in the studio we would uh we would choreograph it really is we is all Mm. you can say is we'd choreograph 10 minute takes
4: Mm.
3: and and we'd you know fuck it up and then go Mm -hmm. again and and we just keep going and he was that's where he was he showed his that skill was that he could put the extra he could make it fit perfectly because he could sense that gap and the handover Mm -hmm. um so, yeah, so he was really good at that. And then quickly they'd get it down and Gillian worked really well with him. She was the actress who played the parapsychologist and she she had to, as I said, I think she had a harder job because she had none of those skills but right. uh, and yeah. was word perfect. So she had to to work that out. But, yeah, so and then we'd rehearse and rehearse and then when we felt we had it, we'd go for a take, maybe another take. And then that's all we, When then we could just go home, even if it yeah. was early, because because it was a completely different thing.
0: Well, I think the energy, too, of of Jillian playing off. I mean, because, you know, she's not the host of, of the show. And so it, it comes across. I think she's able to feed into that energy as an actor of what he was bringing. Um, and, you know, is constantly looking to him in a way that feels, again, very real. Yeah. Right. It feels very much like a parapsychologist being on a show and kind of waiting for this person who's hosting to kind of take the lead. So it, it works. Yeah.
3: I did ask the actors to watch a lot of documentaries of people being mm. interviewed to, to see that thing. The thing I was fascinated when I was researching how to sort of direct it, really, the thing that fascinated me about. Uh, well, first of all, is what fascinated me was there seemed to be a million miles between the drama and people. I mean, then, especially mm. Like thirty years ago, there seemed to be what we accepted as drama was quite hokey. I mean, was was quite, quite over—not over the top, but quite present. It was sort of slightly in your face, much more than people are. And right. I was, I was, I loved the fact that we could reduce it, reduce it, reduce it, and try and get back to what people actually do and their rhythms and how they are. Yeah. And the other thing, and one of the things that majorly fascinated me was how emotion catches people. At the wrong time you know when people talk mm-hmm. about something that really affects them they get caught out after they've said it or before they've said it but sort of not during not as a drama they it yeah. catches them out and i i just i i you know that sort of all that stuff fascinated me about directing
0: them yeah that's yeah. interesting
1: yeah i would say there, there are some good moments of emotion And and one that hit me this last time watching it was just the guy in the studio who like his wife is in the house and you can sometimes just hear him in the background panicking and and you remember him and you're like, oh, no, also the mother she like she chokes up like a few times and like, yeah, you're right. Talking about things that are not necessarily like in themselves emotional, but it feels very real because of that, you know, she's talking about like the dishes breaking and it's like obvious that she's talking about just stressful.
0: Yeah, her life is upended. I'm just thinking about the experience of directing people like that. Cause yeah, I just think it's really unique that with, with both of these, like that, that type of directing for, I mean, I'm thinking about Blair, Witch, which is very different because it's, I mean, similar, right. It's in this weird fake sub sub-genre I created in my mind, but the filmmaker in that the director gave them vague notes on a piece of paper or whatever. And then just said, go camp in the woods essentially. And they just had to film. So yeah, you to they got a realism with that, but it was I mean, some of the times when they're snapping at each other was real. They were really they were really mad at each other. So it's just different like when you're trying to get the the real life aspect, I think there's um Yeah, directing real life
1: it's it's, it's hard. hard to do. It's um then I guess like you have to just end up kind of
0: capturing it sometimes on this is actually happening. Well, and we didn't talk about the um I guess we didn't really mention with Ghostwatch the the reporter that's in the house, but I really liked I was really struck this time watching her and how she was with the with the kids. Yes, I I have always loved that. That felt it feels so real. Like you know, like I mean, I guess that's the point of acting, but it just feels incredibly like the way she is with children. There's something so But did um, you did you do anything specifically to like foster that like yeah. like
1: well, she, their rapport? She,
3: I mean, Sarah Green Was a presenter, right? Mm So, and Mike Smith was is her husband, was her husband. Oh my goodness! And he was a present, and he was a TV presenter. So they were both well known Wow presenters. Yeah, and she she was a children's presenter as well, which made it probably slightly worse for people. Oh, Um, so um, amazing! And she (laughs) and she was she got on very well with the children. I mean
0: that Um, makes a lot of sense we haven't talked about
1: this at all either and like the performances of the kids are is is great um like they're both great Mm -hmm. oh good and um yeah like i I wonder how much of that like what's it like working with kids (laughs)
0: yeah as a director yeah that is interesting
3: so they were sisters which sort of helped i think made me feel comfortable anyway um Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though they looked they were completely different shapes which i really loved Mm -hmm. um and, and sisters but I did actually give the youngest one a piece of sellotape to pick while she was saying her lines because I thought it would give her something else to do, <laughs> um, which actually I think works. You can see it; she's going, she's the, like, she's really trying to get this sellotape off, yeah, off the it, cupboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it sort of
1: undercuts the Yeah.
3: bit. Makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I did notice that. So they're often like doing activities while they're talking. Yeah. And I
3: think just concentrating on that and also uh, trying not to, again, trying not to get them to learn the script, you know, to avoid that, but more just breathe with it, you know, just talk through the lines and what they are talking about. And then I suppose like stuff like the drawing of the ghost pipes. Mm -hmm. So I just went through the entire script and took out every verbal description from other people, and gave her the lines, and said, "Draw, draw that." So, <laughs> so, she, so you know, she just drew it from the words. So she, you know, she didn't draw it, draw it from anything else. So it was her, it was her drawing. So she was invested in it as when she was trying to explain huh. what it was.
0: I I love that for multiple reasons. One of them is that so often in horror movies that involve children's drawings. It's really apparent that it was not drawn by a child. <laughs> yeah,
3: but that's I love i love
0: work in films. When you totally. hey, yes. that's totally. a good design. <laughs> yes, but when it's like yeah. you're looking at a you know, a kid's drawing and something and you're like, I know a child didn't draw that, it's it takes me out. It's like a weird pet peeve I have. And this one, it absolutely looks like a kid's drawing.
3: Because it mm-hmm. is. I got lots of those. I like like <laughs> You know when people have post-its or something that's that's arranged over months and you know, you can see the similarity and even the different ink you know like it's <laughs> yes. really hard to do you know i think you know designers have a hard job Oh for sure yeah <laughs> absolutely. Braziers I hate braziers Sorry Oh <laughs> You know when you get the fire in the background of a street for no particular reason at all other than the cameraman needs something
4: Oh <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's They'd your that's me. your pet peeve <laughs> that 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 winds me up yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> and they're always so healthy you know
1: <laughs> well before we wrap up plug anything that you are working on that you want or anything in general mm-hmm. other than you know like like that you want listeners to check out you want any you know, you want people to um follow pay attention you. to yeah anywhere that they can find you and follow you and see what you're doing go for it
2: if you guys want to get the Halloween sequel, so the WNF Halloween uh, special sequel, aka the Out There Halloween Mega Tape, you heard us talk about a little bit tonight, um, or today, whenever you're listening to this, uh, you Teased can get it. that di- directly from us filmmakers. So wnuf.bigcartel.com, that's our website and where you can buy any of our titles. And uh, yeah, just, um, you know, working on a couple of new things, but nothing has been uh, like ready to go yet. So uh, keep your eyes peeled and you can just follow me on um, uh, Twitter or Instagram. Cool. Just my name, Chris LaMartina.
1: I'll put it in the show notes. So if you're, yeah. learning, if awesome. you're looking Thank for you. it, it'll be there. And Leslie, anything you want to anywhere people can follow you, anything people should check out?
3: Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't do too much social media, but I am on Instagram and I do and I do keep my LinkedIn up to date. With okay. stuff that they sometimes tweet, not often. Um, <laughs> I I was put off by when I read the terms and conditions. Meant you know years ago when it said it, everybody in the world can read this, and I thought I really haven't got anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too much pressure. Yes, that everybody in the world can read simultaneously. So uh, yeah, and so to watch out for Stephen and and me, Stephen Falk, and me doing something. Um, yeah. And obviously, um, Ghostwatch is having a big outing this year because of its um, huge anniversary. Yes. and uh, and yeah. I am trying to, you know, make some. Uh, there's another little horror that I'm working on casting. <gasps> okay, but, amazing! Wow. So yeah, I'm really uh, keen to push push forward.
0: Wow! Thrilled! Fantastic. Thrilled for that.
1: Well, you heard it here, guys. Uh keep your <laughs> eyes peeled and um check these guys out. And thank you so much, Chris yes. and Leslie, for coming on.
0: Thank you. This is like a dream come true. Seriously, like very big big fans of both of these movies. So very it happy. It was to so,
2: so nice talking to you guys. So nice meeting you, Leslie.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you
3: and you
1: and I, I really want to stay in touch because i Please, really like what seriously. Thanks as always to Claire Holland for our namesake, not your final girl from her book of horror themed poems called I am not your final girl. You can find that at places where they sell books and follow her at Claire C writes on Twitter, follow Brian Demarest as well while you're at it. He's evil Flynn on Instagram and he did our cool show art and you can commission him if you want to. He does those um thanks to Pat spurlock for technical and emotional support and he's fandom stranger on facebook thanks to our network morbidly beautiful you can go to morbidlybeautiful.com and check out the other shows on the network please do um there's a lot of good ones and thank you to ariel my co-host for um our song it's called under your skin it's about you're about to hear it again so you know you'll, you'll see you'll know it when you see it and um you can get that on any of the places where there's music but you can also pay for it on bandcamp if you mm-hmm. so desire And um, we will see you next time, guys. Happy, happy official spooky season. And um, we'll see you next time.